Hello, everybody. It is Sunday evening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined by Sports Editor Chris Dell in the absence of Paul Zeiss, who was snarled by some travel issues, and now in the absence of the advertised Joe Starkey, whose wife's car battery died just as the game was ending. So Chris is tapping in here after a 24-10 Steelers loss to Arizona uh, Chris, comedy of errors on the field, comedy of errors off the field for behind the scenes here at the Post-Gazette. Oh, man, it was a wild one. I don't think anyone was expecting what was going to happen today. You figured if the Steelers were going to fall flat and get upset by the Cardinals, it would be one of those slow type of grinded out slogs. But Arizona, a team that's really still struggled even since even since Kyler Murray returned from his injury, uh, their, their offense really put it together today. I think that was the biggest surprise on my end was – that the Steelers' defense, as bad as it got, simply couldn't really get it done in the end. There was a lot of poor tackling, uh, a lot to go through here. I know some fans are upset at Deontay Johnson's touchdown celebration. I'm, I'm really interested to see the comments from Tomlin and, and also some of the locker room interviews you might grab after the game as well because you think you've seen the worst of it in terms of these Steelers' losses this season. I think this one takes the cake by far. This is one of the worst ones in a while, Chris. You and I were both in and out of the uh, Post-Gazette live chat on postgazette.com. Um, the fury was palpable for about five hours, not the usual three. So um, we're excited to dig into that. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this live stream and every live stream that we do after Steelers games, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new Windows and Doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Chris, we're going to start with the offense. Um, I think at the end of the day, it was it was kind of more of the same of what we saw in the Cincinnati game. They were moving the ball better than they have for large chunks of this season um, that, that doesn't excuse leaving three points on the board and, and the execution, but there were still some encouraging things happening intermittently, especially in the running game. But on those weighty downs, they don't execute at all. Um, you know, that they, they miss famously on that fourth down um, coming toward the end of the half, right before the 99 yard drive by Arizona. Um, why is it, why is finishing looking so hard for this team right now, Chris? Um, you know, knowing that they they have been able to move the ball better than they did for most of the season. Yeah, well, you know, you can't blame Matt Canada anymore, right? And where is the blame going to go now? Is it going to go straight to Mike Tomlin? Uh, is it going to go to Eddie Faulkner? I'm not really sure. You know, it, it, it kind of eerily reminded me of the Canada play calling continuing even in his absence when they gave, you know, fourth and one big play of the game. You go shotgun and you run it from there, I, I think you just go I formation, you put, a, you put a fullback in there, you go old school Steelers smash mouth football. Um, and, and then even what happened after that, even though they, they didn't get that, they put their defense in a good position even after that, but the Cardinals made that long drive. I, I think that one thing that I'm not sure of, and I'm sure fans are asking the same question, is why does the offense change so much seemingly when Mitch Trubisky goes in the game? It seems like they get away from the run Whereas they're willing to play it more conservative and try to win it with the ground game when Kenny Pickett's under center. And Kenny Pickett's stats, they haven't looked good all year, granted. But at least when he's in there, there there's some level of uh, 
of calm and comfortability that there's not going to be these these turnovers that happen so, so fast when Trubisky gets in the game. Yeah, you may, maybe you can't blame the fumble on him, that it was a missed block assignment, but he still fumbled the ball at the end of the day, and, and I'm a little disappointed that even when they were trailing by you know, 10, 14 points, it seems like they got away from the run because when you look at the total yardage overall, the Steelers outgained the Cardinals in this game here. Uh, they had the same amount of first downs. They actually gained more offense, uh, more first downs with their offense. Granted, a handful of those were in garbage time, so to speak, but not all of them were. And they still ran the ball successfully, like you said. I- I'm-, I'm a little disappointed they got away from that. If you were to have bet the over on Jalen Warren and Najee Harris rushing yards, you would have hit both in this game. They still got over those yards, but it feels like they left so much meat on the bone that even in the halfway decent type of game script, both of these backs should have got 100-plus yards today the way they've been playing leading up to this. Well, and the way Arizona's defense was playing leading up to this, the way L.A. shredded them last week, you really had a chance, I think, to just go at them. And, and you're right, the, the injury uh, disrupted a lot of flow. I think the, the delays disrupted a lot of flow and feel. Um, not to not to blame what happened on, on those things. Um, you know, the Steelers at the end of the day got to be able to execute, especially when you're paying Mr. Trubisky $8 million, um, Chris. It's, he's he's here to come into these types of games and relieve Kenny Pickett in a, in a um, you know, competent way. And, and twice this season now we've seen him go straight to turning over the, the ball, um, hit some throws at the end, but the game was over, down three touchdowns. Um, so I don't know how much credit you can really give him for that, Chris, on that fumble play, uh, there was also a low snap by Mason Cole. If you were in the Post-Gazette chat, you know people were furious about a lot of Mason Cole's shotgun snaps. Um, what do you do w- with him right now? Can can you bring in a Nate Herbig um, who, who has some center experience, who you spent some money on to bring in and, and now has not played much? Um, should this be the last straw for, for Mason Cole in a bid to, you know, try to speed up the the rhythm a little bit uh, of this passing game because, you know, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, if you lose that half second in the NFL trying to gather a bad snap, um, that can be the difference between a big play and and a big loss. I don't don't think you can get much lower than the center play got today. So at this point, I think you have to make the change. I don't don't see a, a legitimate reason why you wouldn't. It seems like Tomlin's feet have been put to, put to the fire in terms of firing Matt Canada. They made the move earlier in the season, which worked out well for them, which moved, moving Broderick Jones in the starting right tackle position. So I think you have to keep making moves like that. We saw them integrate the middle of the, uh, middle of the field back into the passing game last week, and they went to it a, a little bit in this game, probably not enough. Obviously, think things changed after the picket injury, but absolutely, I think you have to put Herbig in there, give him a shot. You know, a lot of people are clamoring for Mason Rudolph at this point. I don't know who's better. I, I think only time will tell with how long the least Trubisky gets if Pickett is going to continue to be out. It seems like Pickett continues to get hurt on these, you know, fourth and one, third and long type of plays where the or it doesn't seem like maybe he's fully recovered from the first set of injuries he got back in that Texans game a few months ago. I don't know if these things are related or not. We'll find out more news in the coming days. But I, I agree 100% that they've got to make a move on the offensive line. And I think they really have to get back to what they do best, which is honestly, is just win these ugly 13 to nine games. And you're not going to do that dropping Mitch Trubisky back 30, 40 times a game. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think you need to get to the point where you're down 14, 17 plus points to even think about trying to go into a pass first offense because 
Trubisky might have been paid a lot, but he has not paid, played like that whatsoever in his entire career where you can actually rely on him as a passer. So I, I'm interested to see how they approach that because, look, the, the Patriots didn't score a point today if you didn't catch that game against the Chargers, and that's who the Steelers play in a short week here. So I think you've got to stick to what you've done all year, and if you can get out of Thursday night football with a 6-3 to three win – you know, with zero pass attempts, I, I think that's almost best-case scenario right now for the Steelers' offense. Um, Chris, how far can this team go if Mitch Trubisky is, is the quarterback for the balance of, of what's left of the season? I, I've seen some suggestions that it could be a high ankle sprain for Kenny Pickett, and we know that's not that's not usually a season-ending injury if you get it in September, but, you know, we're going to be going into the second week of December here, um, you know, and, and the Steelers are going to be you know, kind of, kind of running out of time to get Kenny Pickett back. Do you think that they can still make the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky, knowing today that you've dropped yourself back into the muck with all of those other teams that are chasing a wild card spot? This was one of those games you were counting on to get the eight wins, to keep yourself above that wild card fray, to be holding on to that fifth seed. Now they're not. Now they've lost a game that they should have won. At least if you looked at the, the teams remaining. What's the outlook with Mitch Trubisky if you don't get Kenny Pickett back in a reasonable amount of time? Well, if I'm reading this right, and tell me if I'm not, but it looks like if the pl- playoffs ended right this second, the Steelers would still be in as the final wild card spot. They win a tiebreaker over the Colts uh, based on best win percentage in common games. Uh, so division tiebreak used there with the Texans and the Colts. So, But obviously they're hanging on by a thread. And, and this is a game you absolutely have to get if you can get this game for the Steelers. I mean, there's their schedule coming up against the Patriots, against a Colts team, which is absolutely beatable. Then you're playing against Jake Browning again. You've got two tough tests in, in week uh, at the end of the season, week 17 against the uh, on the road at the Seattle Seahawks who look much improved against Dallas this past Thursday, and then at the Ravens. So I, I think that these next three games are absolutely crucial you got to go two and one at the very least in these next three games. Get yourself to nine wins, and then you give yourself a fighting chance. But I think you have to hide Trubisky. I, I don't like the f- fact that they are maybe more comfortable dropping back to pass when Trubisky's under center. I think you've got to continue. This has actually been J- uh, not just Jalen Warren's best season of his career, his young career. This has been Najee Harris's best season in terms of efficiency overall. He's leading the league in explosive runs. And, yeah, some of the earlier box scores in the season don't show it. But you've got to stick to this ground game, run it behind Broderick Jones, keep it tight to the vest here. And I think against Bailey Zappi, you absolutely can't, can do that, as you can against the same Bengals team they just beat with Jake Browning under center. So I, I think you just got to gut it through these wins. Do fans really want that? Do they want to go 9-8? and eight? And losing the first round, I think some people are getting tired of it. I don't know if it's going to be another reason to keep Tomlin around. A lot of people are clamoring for Tomlin because there's no Matt Canada shield anymore. So it's interesting to see how those things are going to play out here over these next couple of days leading up to that short week on Thursday. Chris, what did you think of the decision to go for that fourth down? Um, I, I know you didn't like the play call, obviously, out of the gun. Um, but just the decision not to kick it to go up 6-3. to three, um, did you like to, did you think that that was the right spot for them to go for it, knowing that Kenny Pickett just was injured, or or do you just take the three there and live to fight another day? I I mean I don't know how much you can you we can play captain hindsight all day and look back to say they could they should have kicked the field goal, but the way Arizona played the remainder of the game, I'm not sure if kicking a field goal really would have mattered there. I mean they were able to march 90 plus yards down to score a touchdown. In bad weather, even after the initial Trey McBride touchdown was ruled to drop, they still came back 
went right to him and he scored a, t- a touchdown again in that game to close out the first half. So I think it's really about the play call that, you know, at least be consistent, it, it, you know, at, at least line it up under center, right? Run it straight up the gut. Like you said, against the worst run, de- I believe that the Arizona Cardinals are dead last out of 32 NFL teams in PFF run defense and, and, and doing the shotgun run at, at, at that time in the game. I just don't understand that putting your running back at a disadvantage with one less blocker on the field there. So uh, and, I, and I think you saw, started to see the defense start to wear thin. I don't know if it's a lack of motivation here. I don't know in terms of losing the locker room with certain players. Those are going to be big questions with all the drama that's been going on with George Pickens, with Deontay Johnson. I mean, Deontay Johnson, with what happened with him on film last week, kind of giving up on those plays. Then you look at him this week, and now he's going to get he's going to get crap for celebrating with you know two plus touchdown uh, two plus touchdowns down. People are going to say, "Look, man, you'd rather score touchdowns and win games and." You know, actions speak louder than words, and, that, and that's what we're seeing from Deontay Johnson right now. It's unfortunate to see this continued wide receiver drama extended from the A-B years that people have been talking about. But it's a long-winded way of saying I don't think that it mattered not getting the three points there, but I, I, you just wish to see some consistency here. Run the rock and stick to the run. Just because you have Trubisky and it doesn't mean, doesn't mean you need to throw 30-plus times a game. And I, I hope the Steelers can learn from that in this one in order to be a lot more competitive in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think we've seen that in the past, Chris, is once they once they fall behind, they start to get away from their game a little bit. It's it's one thing when you're, you know, in a one possession game and it, it seems like they they hang in, but then as soon as they fall behind a little bit, they get away from the things that are working and and uh, you know, that that stinks. Uh, you mentioned the Deontay Johnson situation. Um, could I I you know, I wrote it down before I even saw any comments. I said can you believe this guy's doing the like shooting the ball, you know, in the air celebrate? It's not just that he was like, you know, got held up by his teammate or something like a, uh, you know, sometimes you listen, it's hard to score in the NFL and, and you don't blame guys for doing a little bit of, um, you know, acknowledging that, but, but the way he just seemed to be like into it down three scores, knowing the week that he'd had, this is, is there, is there a spot, any other spot that you just, you give the ball to the ref and walk back to the huddle or you walk back to the sideline so they can kick the extra point. I, I can't believe, given the circumstances, that Deontay Johnson would actually go through. It seemed like he was almost thinking about it at the beginning. It was kind of just like a you know, halfway serious celebration, but he winds up going through with it and just kind of makes you shake your head because, yeah, you know, if Deontay didn't go through what he did last week with, you know, looking like he quit on that play, you know, which was broad, you know, pub- publicly broadcasted on social media, he was called out in the media by it by his own team and coaches, he publicly apologized. He apologized to his team. And for him to turn around and still do this again, you know, with that precedent, it really makes you scratch your head and question what's going on in this Steelers locker room. And look, maybe it's confined to just the wide receiver room. Maybe there's, you know, obviously we see a lot more drama sometimes when it comes to the wide receiver position in the NFL, but I, I couldn't believe that. And I think that at this point, again, you have to wonder, I'm a lot newer to Pittsburgh than you are, Adam, but the precedent of the Roonies, a lot of people talk about how long are they going to let this go on. And I think what you're going to start to see at home games, at least, is Steelers fans are going to transition from fire Matt Canada to fire Mike Tomlin because there's no scapegoat anymore. And that's the number one thing that I see is that who are we going to blame? And in, at this point in this game, I think the Steelers failed in all facets, in all three levels. Special teams weren't good. Uh, botched punts, bad field goals, bad special teams tackling. And the defense wasn't there. They played well early. I will give them that. I think that a lot of people thought the weather delays would give them the advantage, but it looks like the, the advantage completely went to Arizona being able to spend 
extra time in the locker room. And Kyler Murray had not looked good up to this point. He had gotten there in terms of fantasy points by scoring these rushing touchdowns, but he actually threw better in the second half too. And, and I was a little concerned with the tackling, especially late in the game when they're only down 14 points and they're letting James Conner run for 100-plus yards. So I think a lot of concern. We can't just focus on the offense. A little bit's got to go on the defense too. Yeah, I do want to get into the defense just to put a, a button on the Deontay Johnson situation. I, I say this every time we have these comparisons to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was unstoppable. Yeah. And he he I don't want to say he earned the right to behave the way that he did because um, that behavior hurt the Steelers and um, it led to a lot of off-field um, situations and, and unwinding. And so I, I don't want to minimize that. But for, for us to – like. I just don't think it's fair to Antonio Brown. I can't believe I'm saying those words to tie this behavior that you're seeing from guys like Chase Claypool, who is now gone, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, guys who have not in any way earned the right to, to be like Antonio Brown was one of the best players in football for years before he started displaying that. And, and the vibe I'm getting from Deontay Johnson, Chris, is just that he doesn't seem to care. It doesn't, doesn't, this doesn't matter to him. He might think, he kind of looks like he thinks he knows this team stinks, this offense stinks, and is kind of just throwing up his hands and doing whatever he wants. Um, when you're bringing up these conversations about Mike Tomlin, I think that's the thing that's more concerning to me. It's, it's not that, you know, you're taking penalties because you're going out and dominating defensive backs, scoring touchdowns, beating teams, going to the AFC Championship game like those 2016 Steelers did you're you just don't seem to care and and I think that's a much bigger problem than what Antonio Brown was doing circa that that period of time in this team's history yeah you show you show us with your actions and not your words so no matter what is said in the press conference today from Mike Tomlin no matter what's said in in the locker room in these interviews it's not going to matter because we see the actions taking place on the field and you can't let if it's just one bad seed you can't let one bad seed kind of kind of show it show who your true character is in terms of the 53-man roster. So, But it's, it's, not, it's not just Deontay Johnson. It's been George Pickens in the past. There's been other rumblings in the locker room. And, and I think at least you can give Tomlin credit to this point in his head coaching career that that hasn't been a common thing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we can talk about Antonio Brown, like you said, and maybe there's a little excuse for him because of how good he was. But I think this is starting to become a little bit of a disturbing trend here where it's not just the wide receivers and it starts trickling in to both sides of the ball. And then all of a sudden Mike, Mike Tomlin's greatest strength as a head coach at this point starts to become in question in, in a big way. So I, I think that's definitely something we need to keep an eye on because now they're facing Bill Belichick as bad as the Patriots have looked. You know Bill Belichick's going to come out and have his guys ready as bad as the Patriots offense might be as well. Chris, I want to get into the defense before we do. Just want to thank a couple more sponsors. Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County. Build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level of your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality of education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Um, Chris, you mentioned a couple times, shredded by James Conner today. I got the box score up here. Uh, I know it was over 100 yards. Um, no, it's 105 on 25 carries, averages 4.2, scores a couple of times. Um, is that what losing a Landon Roberts is going to do to this defense? Because that was my... 
first thought was you take out this excellent run defender who has propped this unit up in the absence of Cole Holcomb, in the absence of Quan Alexander, really, I think, been one of the Steelers' best players. When you look at that that, that box score from James Conner today, a 2-10 and 10 Arizona Cardinals team, it's hard not to let your mind wander to they may have just taken one too many injuries at that spot to survive. I mean, it, it, it can't just be because of that. I, that that's, that's my – there's too much talent around Roberts to say that if you lose him – everything goes to hell here because you have Alex Highsmith, you have TJ Watt. He did come back into the game, even though there was that, that injury scare there in the fourth quarter. Minka Fitzpatrick was back for this game. Since Cam Hayward returned a few weeks back, the Steelers have made vast improvements in their run defense as well. And, and early in the game, they were playing halfway decent. I think Connor had maybe 19 yards on his first 10 or 11 carries of the game. And as you saw the ball, uh, the contest just continue to wear on again. I, I can't say personally if it was an effort issue, but the way some of the tackling looked on film, uh, it, it makes you question that. And I think that that's the biggest issue for me is that you still have Watt, you still have Highsmith, you have Hayward, you have Fitzpatrick. Those are too many star players that are still fully healthy in a game where you're down 24 to 10, letting James Conner look how he looked today. And kudos to James Conner. Great, sto- great story, you know, always beloved by 99.999% of Steelers fans. I think a lot of Steelers fans, at least the silver lining today, is they were happy to see James Conner have a good game in his first game back to Pittsburgh in a while. But that's not going to mask up for the defensive mistakes here. And, and the Steelers' defense has had many weaknesses this year. They've given up big gobs of passing production to, to opposing offenses in certain spots. It's always been the splash plays on defense. It's been the turnovers, the tip passes, the touchdowns. And unfortunately, none of those were there today, even though they were getting some pressure on Kyler Murray early. You can't give up that 99-yard touchdown drive and get, give up that touchdown, touchdown again to Trey McBride there at the end of the first half. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be defined by one drive as well. So it's really just both sides of the ball. But no, I, I think that, of course, Roberts will hurt. The loss of Roberts will hurt. We'll see what his status is moving forward. But you can't use that as an excuse as to why you let James Conner run for 100-plus yards in this game, especially getting a long run of 29 yards. He has been one of the least explosive starting running backs in the league as a starter uh, so far this season in this offense. I don't think, I I just think there's no excuses for that. Chris, um, this, this team also had a ton of penalties today. And and I think that's maybe a bit of an underrated, you know, aspect because let me me pull up the uh, box score again here. The, The Steelers outgamed the Cardinals today, believe it or not. And I know, um, they obviously piled on some garbage time yards at the end. But when I looked at the beginning of that, um, that last touchdown drive by the Steelers, they were already out gaining them then as well. Um, and so, you know, despite the success Arizona has, if you don't have the penalties, I think you're, you're able to overcome. But it's nine penalties for 77 yards, Chris. That's, yeah. that's hard for a team as offensively challenged as the Steelers to overcome, regardless of what you let James Conner do, right? I mean, look, yeah, at the end of the day, the Steelers had more yards than the Cardinals did. The Steelers uh, won, narrowly won the time of possession game as well. Uh, So when you look at the box score, you'd be surprised to see why this was a two-touchdown game, especially when the Steelers only turned the ball over one time, but they were unable to turn the ball over on Arizona's side there too. So I I just think that it's too much when you just don't have that one play of the game that really makes a difference. And the touchdown to Deontay Johnson – it came too late. It was really a meaningless touchdown 
at the end of the day. And, and when, when you look at the decision, the key the decision points that we talked about is whether Mason Cole should be benched. That's a coaching decision that needs to be made. You know, why does Deontay Johnson celebrate one week after being scolded for his antics? That's, that's a reflection of coaching. So I think that the coaching has the answer for this. Yes, these are players getting paid millions and millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, this is on Mike Tomlin now. And he's supposed to be the defensive-minded head coach. And when you're giving up 24 points here to the Cardinals, it, it, it just it, it, there's no excuse for what happened in that area. I, I think even in terms of the penalties, people want to criticize the refs here and there. But, you know, you see a lot of teams, I mean, less than 100 yards still, nine penalties, 77 yards. I've seen a lot worse than that, Adam, uh, in, in terms of referees and penalties being drive killers and things like that. I don't remember too many of these penalties really affecting the way that the Steelers moved the ball on offense until it was too late. It was more of a garbage time accumulating stats. So that's my take on there is like, I, I think in past losses this season, you could point to the officials being a factor. I don't think the, the officials were a factor at all in this game. Well, people were very upset on that, um, that late hit on a Landon Roberts before he goes out with the injury. Um, what did you think of that call, Chris? I thought that that was, I thought that that was fair. It was far enough after and he followed all the way through with the hit. I think if you're trying to show some level of, um, you know, all laying out of the way when you know the ball is, is not there. Um, maybe you're able to buy a little bit of contact from the refs, but, you know, I don't like it. I wish that wasn't the way football was but in this day and age, but by the letter of the law, I thought it was a penalty. Um, the, the other controversial call was the Trey McBride uh, touchdown. Um, it ends up not mattering because he come back, comes back and scores anyway, but last week it was not a touchdown. This week it was called a touchdown in the field, then gets nullified. Do we know what a catch is anymore? Or have we ever known what a catch is for the last like decade of, of the NFL? Now we we don't know because we don't read the rule book and the officials have the rule book. But at the same time, the touchdown didn't count. You have your chance to make up for it. And it just even just just adding insult to, to injury that it was still Trey McBride that wound up with the touchdown at the end of the day when that's supposed to be one of the areas you're good at defending opposing tight ends over the middle of the field with this linebacking court that you have. Trey McBride had a great first half. I believe he finished the first half with six catches for 67, 67 yards in addition to the score. And he came up big. Uh, he, he was hurt coming into this game. He was down, downgraded to limited and listed as questionable. There were talks about him possibly being sat and him coming back after the team's week 14 bye. So for him to have the performance he did just in the first half alone, I, I think that there's big question marks there in terms of the game plan and not making the proper second half adjustments because – they just allowed uh, James Conner to run all over them in the second half, and the Cardinals didn't even really need to throw the ball all that much there. And and, and just, when, again, when it comes to the offense, at this point we know who Trubisky is. Yes, he gets paid a lot as a backup, but with the Steelers now, five touchdowns and seven interceptions in less than two seasons basically as the quarterback. So I'm just, again, that's, that's not what you need. You need the person who's not going to turn the ball over and if they don't really stick to the run, they're going to have a lot of issues. And I don't think that the defense can make up for those turnovers on the offensive side. Uh, it's just going to be too much, and it's going to it's going to expose their weaknesses in the in the end. And I really think that's what we saw here in the second half of this game. Chris, how big is this game in Indianapolis in two weeks? I think I think we both agree that the Steelers should beat a terrible New England team at home on Thursday. Um, uh, that's what we said going into this game, so we could be proven wrong. But I mean, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna make the playoffs, you have to get that game on Thursday. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. Right. Um, that trip to Indianapolis feels like it's it's going to be huge now for for 
um, positioning in, in this AFC wild card race. Um, uh, are you looking at, at that as kind of the game of the year for this team? Uh, I mean, it, it's tough. Again, I, I think that if you can beat the Patriots and the Bengals and get to nine wins, you give yourself a shot. If you beat, if you win all three of those games and you wind up finishing 10 and seven, I'd be really su- surprised to see them not get a wild card spot here. So I almost think that they can lose that game and still be in contention, but they're going to be back in their way into the playoffs that they do. It's going to be re- really putting things up the chance to try to get in a loaded AFC with a wild card spot at nine and eight. So, and again, the, the Colts have looked good. They run the ball well. Uh, Shane Steichen has really dialed up the play calling and the scheme well in that offense, whether it was Anthony Richardson earlier in the year or even Gardner Minshew now. They've shown that they can w- win games when Gardner Minshew has the ball in his hands. And again, it, it, it's a similar, not saying Gardner Minshew is Kyler Murray, similar type of offense in terms that you have a mobile quarterback who can get out of the pocket, scramble and extend plays, you have a couple of uh, big target playmakers over the middle, intermediate parts in the field, Trey McBride in Arizona, and, and, and more similarly here, you have Michael Pittman and Josh Downs in Indianapolis, and they can run the ball well. So I'm a little worried of the Colts' pace of play here. If the Steelers can't establish the clock and the ground game in this one and the Colts get out to a big lead, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Obviously, we're looking ahead two weeks, but again, yes, I don't see right now this iteration of the Steelers' team even winning on the road at Seattle, I think that would be an extremely tall task. So for them to really feel comfortable about getting in the playoffs at this point, you're going to have to finish 10 and seven, which means you're going to need to win three straight games here. So it's tough, man, because at this point you could just got to think one game at a time. If you couldn't beat the Cardinals at home, are you sure you're going to beat the Patriots on Thursday night football? And and, and that's going to be the big thing that everyone's going to be looking to Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, you just you have to have that one. If they if they lose that game on Thursday, I think the the season's over. Um, you know, for practical purposes, because it's you had to have this one, you had to have that one. If you get neither one, um, regardless of what you do against the Bengals and Colts, I think you're still in some deep water. Chris, um, thanks for pinch hitting today for Joe. Uh, hopefully, everything goes well with um, him and his wife getting their car restarted and home safely. Um, everyone else, please stay tuned for the rest of the week. We're gonna have a lot more reaction here on. Um, the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and the Post-Gazette Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to have post-game from our Steelers beat reporters at the stadium, Jerry Dulac, uh, Brian Baca, Ray Fittipaldo. They'll have their post-game video up a little bit later. Christopher Carter will be back on the North Shore Drive on Monday. Hopefully he'll have a better view of what's going on with um, the, the various injuries that the Steelers suffered. Maybe we'll have a better view of what their severity is and, and when the Steelers might be able to expect some of these guys back. Um, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that. And we'll have plenty of shows the rest of the week, plenty of Steelers talk. Um, if you enjoyed this stream, please pop a like, help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We really appreciate it. Um, otherwise, uh, Chris, any final thoughts? No, it's quick turnaround. You know, can you get an easier layup type of win opponent? That's what we thought about. That's what we thought about week 13 with Arizona. You get one more crack at it in week 14 in a short week against New England. So Let's hope that they can get out and get back to their identity, establishing that ground game and establishing the run. Yes, short turnaround, so a lot to talk about this week. Thank you all for joining, and we will talk to you again next week. Uh, Thursday, I will will assume that Paul Zeiss will be back after Steelers um, and Patriots, so um, that's something else to look forward to. Thanks for stopping by, everyone. Have a good evening. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. 
for all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com. <laughs> <laughs>